Okay, good evening. My name is Penny Holler. I'll be facilitating the Zoom video portion of the Parks and Rec Advisory Board June 15th meeting. I'm joined here by Director Derek Rogers and additional Parks and Rec staff via Zoom. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel. During this meeting, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon found in the lower left-hand side of the Zoom menu. This is also the section you can turn your camera on and off. For purposes of this public meeting, please keep your video on when you're speaking during the meeting. For general public comment, Chair Bart Littlejohn will call you by name to speak. Each participant has three minutes for public comment. After public comment is over, you are welcome to stay on the call if you would like. The same goes for comments on agenda items. The chair will call on you, you will have three minutes, and then board members will continue their discussion afterwards. Also a reminder to please state your name and title each time you speak. And if a vote is necessary, the chair will capture votes for each advisory board member separately by roll call vote. With that, I would like to turn the meeting over to Chair Bart Littlejohn. Thank you, Penny. Uh, and with that, I'd like to go ahead and bring this meeting to order. Um, and let's see, I guess we could start off. Uh, Penny, did we have anything we want to say before we start off or just, did we just want to go straight to the minutes? I think uh, Derek wanted to um, help us with an announcement on a staff member. All righty. Derek, if you would, please. Please give me during the headline, folks. I can't, there he's smiling. Um, Today's retirement date is uh, this Friday, and we'll have a reception at Johnny's West if anybody would like to come. Uh, after 31 years of service, leaving, almost 32. It's 31 uh, September. Yep. So he's close. Um, after all this time serving the community, Parks and Rec, coaching, doing everything that he's done for us. Really been an icon, done some phenomenal work in the city of Lawrence. We're going to miss his ability and talents. Um, it's one of those things that I was in denial that we're actually going to lose him because uh, he's been talking retirement for seven years and we've been able to keep him around. So it's going to be big shoes for us to fill. Uh, we're grateful for everything that he's done for us as a community. And uh, we're going to celebrate the end of his career this Friday. Lee, any words? Oh, yeah, I, again, they people don't believe me still when I tell them I'm retiring on Friday. Oh, yeah, you said that five, six years ago. Uh, uh, reality, well, it has set in this week pretty much. Um, just to think that, it, and it's kind of gone full circle what I've told people. I mean, this was the first office I had is actually where the bathroom is right now here at the administration office. I spent 25 years at Holcomb in youth sports. And then five years actually were, was out at the, the sports pavilion when it opened. So my moves were from here to Holcomb to, to uh, the sports pavilion, and then my final stop back here. So again, full circle. It's been kind of a it's been a fun ride. Um, you know, I started with Parks and Recreation actually when I was 16 years old. You know, working as a volunteer coach with Centennial Track with Wayne Bly and and Fred the Victor, and then I worked the ball diamond crew through high school. Um, never never really thought once I got my degree it would be in recreation because I did the coaching part for seven years at the University of Kansas as a baseball coach. When I got my master's degree in, in sports administration, it brought me back to parks and recreation to where 
it, it's very, it's been very rewarding to be able to give back to a community that you grew up in. I, you know, there's only one other person I know of who, who I heard say that he had a better job than me, and that was John Hadle. And John Hadle played in the NFL. He was able to come back as an athletic director, coach, did things for the university and the Williams Fund. And so it's been kind of cool to be able to raise my family here and not move anywhere and still do the things that I did um, with Parks and Recreation and, and being able to provide for kids. And really, it was an opportunity more for me to educate parents that athletics is not the end all to everything. I mean, it's a very small part of what they do in making them better people and trying to keep parents more realistic about where their kids are going to be 20, 30 years from now, because there's only a fraction, less than 1% that go on and make a living at playing sports. But it's the ones that are doctors and lawyers and teachers and firefighters and police officers that, I mean, that's what it's all about with the community. And that's what's cool to see when you know you're getting a little bit older, when you're sitting in a coach's meeting in a t-ball coaches meeting and that 36 year old said yeah i played in your program 30 years ago but whoa they were six years old then and now they're back doing the same thing and you're trying to teach them so they're giving back to the community as well um, i told mitch young sent me a nice email and we never really got to meet to know each other that that well um, throughout the years but now that i've been assistant director i've been able to do a few more things that i I was kind of out of my realm and, and didn't realize what everybody else actually did until I got in this position. And so I've been on two or three different natural burials, which is kind of interesting in itself. And I told him, I said, Mitch, I'm not going anywhere. I'm still going to be here. Call me if you need somebody to do that. I mean, if you can't find anybody, call me. And I'll tell you if I'm out playing golf or not, or I'm at the lake. Um, so again, I got to have a 60 day period where I can't do anything employee wise for with capers, but I'm going to enjoy this time. Um, it's time. I just, that's one thing Fred and Victor told me a long time ago, you know, when it's time and he said, give yourself 10 good years to do something, you know, after retire, once you retire while you're still healthy. So I'm looking forward to it. I've got a grandbaby. I've got a, a, a grandson now, uh, spend some time with them. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I want to thank all of you and Derek and Mark and all the administration. And again, I'm not going anywhere, so I'll still see you around. So thank you. Well, thank you, Lee. Uh, I, I would honestly like to open it up to anybody. If you want to say a personal thanks to Lee, uh, now would be the time, you know, because he's, Oh, lovely. This is Pat Phillips, um, board member. Lee, I can't thank you enough for the work you've done with youth. I find that people that work with kids um, are one of the most important jobs in, in society, in our world. I truly do. And, and the help that you do with, um, you know, with the parents, um, I believe it's a community thing when we work with kids. And I think it's um, undervalued a lot of times. So I can't thank you enough for all the time that you have spent, um, you know, grooming these kids to be better citizens. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, this is Marilyn Hull, board member. Uh, Lee, I, I, I want to add my thanks. Um, 
I remember when we were in Leadership Lawrence together, class of 2009, and you were talking about a sports facility um, on the northwest side of town. And it was controversial and it, there was a lot of un uncertainty, but you were totally unwavering in knowing that that facility was in fact really needed. And, you know, when it opened its doors, everything that you said was justified. So I want to personally credit you for being instrumental in getting that facility open for us. On a personal note, you've coached a couple of my kids and <laughs> I'm so appreciative of the, um, the way you modeled a good sportsmanship and um, how to be competitive and in all the right ways. Um, we're going to miss you and I'm just hoping we see you around. Thanks, Marilyn. Yeah, and those kids that you're talking about are now 30 plus, and I've got some that have, have actually kids that I've coached that have retired from the fire department, Pat Carlin, Mark Hummels, Lance Flashbars is getting ready to retire. So they're, they're beating me to retirement. <laughs> hey, Lee, this is John Blazek. Thanks, buddy. You put a lot of years, you're the face of Lawrence. I've known you a lot of years before I even moved here, and uh, I didn't realize uh, what kind of an icon you were in this community. Thank you for everything you've done for kids, because that's always, always been your focus. So thanks, buddy. I'll see you around. Thanks, John. Well, I learned from my dad. I mean, my dad's the one that I saw it, and when he died at the age of 50, I wanted to, I wanted to be able to, to do what he did, and so... He was my hero, and that's who I kind of looked up to, and so I appreciate it. Thanks, John. So, uh, Lee, I put a little something together here for you. Uh, Lee, I want to thank you for your service over these 30 years, 30-plus years for Parks and Rec. For my brief time getting to know you, I found you to be a committed, forthright, caring individual and I have the utmost respect for what you've done for the city of Lawrence to help and coach kids take, takes a certain commitment dedication and hope that you can contribute to making the world a little bit better place by helping the people who come after you you do that by helping these kids to treat each other with respect and value and work with them on fostering team building and leadership qualities and overall just helping them to be better people I've heard that all you've done, you've heard that you've done all that and more in your time here. It's my greatest hope that you will find just as much fulfillment and joy in this next part of your journey as you did before. Thank you for helping us along as long as you could. Thanks, Bart. All right. Uh, I just want to say, Lee, I don't know you as well as the others, but I just want to say we'll we'll miss you it's been great working with you and i remember sitting with you that first day when i joined the board and getting the scoop from the native laurentian was, was nice <laughs> so have have fun thanks Bill. all right going once going twice all right I'll go ahead and move us on. And thank you again, Lee. Uh, 
All right, our next item is are the minutes. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to go ahead and review the minutes from the May 10th meeting, if you could do so right now, which by the way, I'm sorry, Bart Littlejohn, Chair, Parks and Rec Advisory Board. Um, thank you. Hey, Bart, this is John Blazik. Quick question, buddy, and I wasn't on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I like what Marilyn said. Just give me a one-second thumbnail. Did did our parks and did Derek and the crew, when you started looking at pricing, did you compare to see what they did in Topeka, Johnson County, like they do when they look at other pricing points? I, I think... I think I think that was mentioned. Was wasn't it, Penny? There, that they were uh, price using pricing in this uh, surrounding areas as an example in comparison. Market pricing. Sorry, Penny Hollow Ranch Analyst. Can you be a little more specific in your question? Yeah. Well, I noticed the price the for for an out of district person to use our facilities. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's not a real large number, and I just wondered. If you compare to what other communities were doing, you usually did like on pool prices and things like that. Did you do any comparing? Derek Price, Director of Parks and Recreation. On this one, we had looked before at other areas, and even at 150, or in this case, we went with 60, we are way low compared to what uh, other Kansas City communities would charge an out of resident area and it would be you know for example uh, Leewood, Lenexa, or Oakland Park or Johnson County it depends on they're so close to their range they try to I think keep their boundaries with their out of city or out of out of city prices uh, I know Mark's looked at it too before you might have some comments Penny Hollow Rancho Analyst I know when we looked at um, the potential a few years ago to add on fees um, for just the general public to um, use our recreation facilities. Um, we found that most other communities were charging. I'd say the $60 charge we're charging out of resident is less than what most places are charging for their residents to use the rec facilities. It is. And that's why I'm asking Penny to be very honest with you. It's much less, which I don't find that real advantageous because the people that tear your new facilities up are not the taxpayers. It's usually visitors. So I, I, I'm kind of surprised we didn't do more in-depth looking to see what other communities did. John, I, I, uh, yeah, this is Bart Littlejohn, Chair of uh, Parks and Rec Advisory Board. Uh, John, I don't think you're alone in that. That was also mentioned during the meeting that how low it was. Um, but I, I think it was also mentioned that this is going to be a starting point. And then we can kind of evaluate from then uh, if we wanted to go ahead and raise it afterwards. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, not a problem. Penny Allen, management analyst. Um, if you'll recall, I think this was brought up when we had the presentation too. Um, we're really wanting to get some data 
to see who is um, coming to our facilities, how many of them are in county, how many are, of them are non-Douglas County residents. So um, really one of the purposes of requiring the, the key card is so we can have better data. So that'll probably help us then know what percentage is, is out of a county and make some of those future analysis decisions. Penny, John Blazik, and I totally agree. <clears throat> Been with you for a long time, and I know we talked about out of out of county users for three years now, but I think we're making progress with the key cards and getting data. So, all righty, thank you, Penny. All righty, has uh, everybody else had a chance to go ahead and review the minutes? If so, I would entertain a motion. Part little John Chair. This is Marilyn Hull, member. I, <clears throat> I move approval of the minutes. This is John Blazik, I'll second. Okay. Part little John Chair, there's Marilyn Hull with the uh, first and John Blazik with the second for approval of the minutes. Uh, any further questions or any additional information? Not seeing any. Uh, Penny, I know you said in the beginning that uh, roll call, do you still want me to do roll call in the minutes or is it just a up and down vote? For approving the minutes, Penny Holler, Management Analyst. Um, for approving the minutes, I think we have been doing that uh, via raise your hand, see right. if there's any nays, we can see who's present. So if we wanna do that for the minutes and for closing the meeting, I'm very comfortable with that. Uh, other items we're actually going to want to do a roll call vote if it's a recommendation, especially to the city commission. Okay. All right. All those in favor of approving minutes, please say aye or raise your hand. I'm seeing a lot of raised hands. Any of those opposed? The opposite, nay, or just sit there. All right. Uh, minutes are approved. All right. Thank you, guys. Um, now is a public comment section. I believe we had one uh, person for public comment, but they couldn't be here today, uh, Nora Murphy. Is that correct, Penny? That's correct. Um, Derek, would you like to provide any further? I can. Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. Uh, there's also another gentleman on the line for public comment. I can read uh, Nora's public comment into the minutes. It is also attached into the agenda. Um, so I know all the advisory board members received that same email when it was initially sent out, but we just wanted to take the public comment time um, to bring that again forward to the board because that was a, a request in writing that um, we provide that during this public meeting. So Derek Rogers, Parks Rec Director. This is from Nora Murphy. Dear Mr. Rogers and Parks and Recreation Advisory Board members, I would like to give written public comment at your June 14th advisory board meeting by sharing my email April 30th, copy below. I request that Parks and Recreation consider asking the city of Lawrence to engage with BNSF regarding the purchase slash lease of property known as Layardia. Layarda. Unfortunately, I'm scheduled to work Monday evening and cannot provide live comment today through Zoom or in person if Discussion on La Yarda is to be included as a future agenda item. I wish time off from work to attend and uh, email. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, given the public comments, uh, is there any comments uh, from? Uh, JT, can you uh, 
you please hold off on that until we're done with the uh, comment from Nora? I appreciate that. Um, is there any comment uh, regarding the public comment from Nora Murphy regarding La Yarda? From, from the, I'm sorry, for the board. This is Marilyn Hull, member. I guess I'd like to know from staff what what's appropriate here. It is the should the advisory board be providing any direction, or is this a staff issue solely? Derek Rogers, Parks Recreation. I'm open uh, to hearing thoughts from the advisory board and. Uh, and timing, it's, it's lower on our priority list. It might be something we can look at this fall. Um, I do recall from Nora's uh, guidance, I think, and some other emails, to lease the property would have been $4,500 a month. Um, I think it's a unique property. I'd like to go back there and see what, what's back there, just because it's cool historically. And maybe on a, an engagement with BNSF, uh, maybe there is a way that the transfer that I'm not quite sure of what, what future uses that land holds other than a storage hole uh, for parks recreation. Well, this is John Nalbandian, board member. Um, I think on a subject like this, I think it's really important. Uh, and I think that we ought to get the uh, Douglas County Museum involved in this. And uh, we ought to start by simply trying to do some sort of plaque, um, uh, uh, freestanding plaque, or some way of designating this area and explaining it to people. And if we want to get go farther than that with the purchase of purchase of land, that's going to be much more of a process, I think. But I mean, to be able to document this where it has been documented, uh, but then to um, have something physical so people can know this, um, I think would be a good idea. Great. Uh, this is Bart Littlejohn, Chair, uh, Parks and Rec. Uh, I agree with John. That's, I think that's a great starting point. Um, even Nora acknowledged in her letter that uh, given that the previous purchase of land from BSNF, BSNF uh, for the uh, train depot kind of took a while. It, uh, she's not expecting this to be a, a fast situation. So, but I at least think that would be a good first start to, you know, get the area properly mapped out, uh, recognized for its, its significance. And Derek Rogers, Director of Parks Recreation. I, I like that guidance and I can reach out to Lynn Zollner and uh, get her thoughts from a historical standpoint. It's in the city. Uh, the DG Museum, uh, another option. So thank you. I believe Jackie had a question. Yeah, Jackie Backer, board member. Uh, also to consider, just make sure we engage the families that have been involved with this in terms of what they would like to see in terms of a plaque or what, what works for them and, and their you know, for the losses that have occurred there and the families that have history there to make sure we engage them fully. Okay. Uh, looks like we've given uh, Parks and Rec some starting points on that. Does anybody else have any other further comment on this? 
All right, seeing none. Um, Penny, uh, who is our, uh, I believe we had JT in the chat uh, pose a question. Was he uh, the uh, additional uh, person for public comment? It looks like I have uh, one additional uh, public comment from JT Thornburg. Um, he said, um, he asked the question. Um, so it sounds like he's just wanting us to get the question answered. His question was, um, may I ask why there is no bicycle parking at Hobbs? I think that might be a Penny and Derek question. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing Bart Little John Chair, Parks and Rec. Uh, Derek Rogers, Parks Rec and Director. If you know, I'll have to look into it unless Mark has some knowledge that I'm unaware of that something we'll have to get back to you on. I'm just not aware of not having a bicycle amenity over there. Mark Hecker, Assistant Director of Parks and Rec. Right now, there aren't any bike racks to lock your bike up over there. Um, this summer, later this summer, we'll be putting the Lawrence Loop through that park. So that may be an opportunity to improve that situation a little bit. All right. Thank you, Mark. Uh, any, uh, any questions of the board? Or do you have any further comment on that? Jackie? Jackie Becker, uh, with Game of the Week coming back with Caw Valley Kickball, uh, definitely there will be a lot of cyclists happening. So it's good to know, Mark, that with the loop coming through that, that we can work on it. So maybe engage the Caw Valley Kickball League in terms of where they think the bike parking might be best. Right now, we tend to chain our bikes up to the west side fence, which probably isn't the best answer. So, you know, keep, keep that in mind that it, a lot of kickballers might be like wanting to lock their bikes up on Sundays. Bart Littlejohn chair. That's a good point, Jackie. And um, thank you for bringing it up, JT. Uh, do we have any further comment on that? I just had one comment. Mark, you made reference to it being um, coinciding with, with the trail. Is there any way that it could just be done sooner to accommodate that need? Mark Hecker, assistant director. I yeah, let me take a look at it. We have uh, some bike racks in stock, I think. So if we have them and we can find a good spot, we might be able to do something sooner rather than later. Yeah, thank you. For our little John chair. Thank you, Mark. We appreciate that. All right. Any further comments on the bike rack? Bike rack? Not seeing any. Um, Penny, do we have any further uh, public comment? I just want to uh, verify Penny Holler, management analyst. There's no one else on the call who would like to participate in public comment. If so, unmute and speak now. I don't see um, anyone that is um, has stepped forward for public comment, so I assume we are good to move along in the agenda. Okay. Thank you, Bart Little John Chair. Thank you, JT, for bringing it up, and hopefully we'll get that sorted out before you say. All right, uh, moving us along. Uh, first item on the agenda is the updated mask guidance. Penny or Derek, I believe. 
Penny Holler, Management Analyst. Um, I would like to uh, keep Lee Ice working as long as we can get him to. Um, I think he uh, can provide us some information on, on the update. And which one was that, Penny? I'm sorry. Um, the updated mask guidance. I have not been on the unified command. Roger, have you been on that here recently? I know they've done every other week, so I haven't I haven't heard anything different in terms of what we've been doing the last two weeks. It, it, right now, everything's recommended as far as inside our facilities, but not mandated. Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. Uh, the guidance changed from required to recommended um, indoors at facilities. For staff, um, we know which staff have been vaccinated, not vaccinated. So it's kind of like some of the stores you see around Lawrence, um, some of the store policies. If you have not been vaccinated, then you continue to wear a mask. And uh, the same with our employees. If our employees are behind a uh, plexiglass and they're engaging the public, uh, they don't have to have a mask on. Uh, they're always welcome to wear a mask if they would like. I think at the tournaments, uh, you're probably seeing a whole lot less mask wearing. For example, last weekend at a volleyball tournament, Sports Pavilion Lawrence, if you went out there, it's just the demographics of the region. Um, that's pretty much, in a nutshell, I think, from the city perspective where we are with, with the mask guidance. Penny Holler, Management Analyst, um, and I will also add um, the exception to all of that is uh, city commission meetings and advisory board meetings. Um, if you are physically present, then everyone will be required to wear a mask. So um, I think in the next month we'll be working with the chair and vice chair and risk management to um, really evaluate how we want to conduct our, our parks and rec advisory board meetings. And we'll obviously reach out to all of you just to kind of get further feedback on, on preferences and thoughts and concerns. Uh, Bart Little John, Chair, Parks and Rec. Uh, just a quick question regarding that: Was the uh, was the kind of the holdup for the city just because of the uh, amount of commissioners that might be present if all of them were present to be uh, dutifully uh, separated? Was that like one of the holdups? Uh, Derek Rogers, Director of Parks and Recreation. From from what I recall, in some of our staff meetings, the discussion was. Um, the potential crowd sizes in a public safety commission meeting, um, possibly doing hybrid. So it, it was some of that not knowing uh, who's going to come in the facility. So that's why for the public forum meetings when the public were, were involved, if they wanted to go that route. Um, I think it will, the mass policy will probably continue to evolve as we go into the months ahead kind of uncharted, uncharted territory. Or right, little John Cheer. Thanks, Derek. Um, does anybody have any uh, further questions? Val? I just wanted to clarify. So no vaccinations are being required of staff. Is that correct? Derek, Director of Parks and Recreation. Um, for 
multitude of reasons. Some may be medical, some may be uh, belief system, some may be for whatever. Uh, vaccinations is a choice and not a mandate by the city of Lawrence. And we're respecting that, the city's respecting that. And, you know, there's folks that choose not to have a, a vaccination and you know, that's their choice. Okay. Uh, does anybody have any further questions for uh, Parks and Rec on this item? All righty. All right. I want to write the super duper interesting thing. Uh, the pools, uh, the indoor and aquatic, uh, outdoor aquatic center summer updates. I believe, Lee, this one is yours as well. It Penny Hall Management Analyst, uh, it will be Lee and Lori Mattis, but let me see if I can screen share. I have some, uh, some shots of the pool, if you'll give me a minute. Everyone can see that. Um, that was pretty much uh, first opening up today. So with that, I will go ahead and... Uh, Hand it over to uh, Lee and Lori. Well, Derek and I and um, the city manager, Craig Owens, was down there this morning, or this afternoon, I guess, at the reopening and welcoming the, the new lifeguards and very excited. There's people lining up out, out at the front gate. And uh, it was uh, driving by there this morning at 7.30 just to see people doing the lap swimming was pretty exciting for the first time in a year and a half. It seems like forever. I, I know maintenance staff and Mark could probably mention this or Lori might, how much work that they've put into that the last couple months as far as new pumps and painting and sandblasting and everything that they've done there. And then Lori will, will give you kind of an update. Uh, there's a good picture of the lifeguards today uh, right before the opening. Um, and so, Lori, I'll just hand it over to you and you can kind of give them a recap of how the afternoon went. Um, actually, actually, our afternoon, it was a really good um, opening day. The weather cooperated. Um, we had a lot of staff. Just so you guys know, over the last two weeks, we have trained 25 new lifeguards. Um, and we have a class that is starting tomorrow, a class of four. Um, why we'd like it to be bigger than that, but that's four more. So um, we're taking what we can get. Um, usually we don't have this quite so many people um, on opening day, but we wanted people to have an opportunity to come down and um, see what it's like at the outdoor pool. Cause a lot of them are really young and um, have never guarded out there before, but it went really well. Um, we, we had a lot of happy people. A lot of people stopped and said, thank you for being open and um, that they appreciated all the work we went in to get, get it up and going. So Bart Little John chair, this is, has nothing. To, I, this is great, but this is a very light question. Did I see Marilyn Hull in that picture? What in my, are my eyes deceiving me? You did. Marilyn is one of our new lifeguards. <laughs> this That's is Val awesome. Renault. I just think it's great, uh, board member, that Marilyn 
is walking the talk or <laughs> she she put it out there and she's documented uh, some of her struggles online so thank you Marilyn yes Marilyn you're a better person than me I don't know if I can make it halfway through that Derek Rogers director of parks and recreation that photo when it first opened didn't do it justice I drove by about 4 45 p.m and that pool was packed there was a lot of people in there Anyhow, Amanda Alice, Lori, do you want to um, talk to us a little bit more about the plan for the indoor and the outdoor aquatic center and the waiting pool as we know it today? Sure. Um, as of today, um, the indoor pool is open from 6.30 to 1 p.m., Monday through Friday, and then on Saturdays from 9 to 1, and on Sundays we're closed. Um, we've opened the outdoor pool Monday through Friday, 1 to 7.30, and then Saturday and Sunday, 1 to 6. Our thought process was having the uh, indoor pool open in the mornings for lap swimming, water fitness, um, and some of our swim teams, and then moving all our resources to the outdoor pool in the afternoon. So that's why the indoor pool is shut down. Um, our plan and hope is that as we gain more staff, then we can um, open up more hours at the indoor pool. We pushed the uh, opening of the waiting pool again so we could focus on the outdoor pool back a week. So it will open um, next Monday, the 21st. Jackie? Jackie Becker, uh, Lori, is there lap swimming in the morning at the outdoor pool or only at the indoor pool then? Just at the indoor pool. Right now, um, at the outdoor pool, we have swim teams out there in the mornings doing long course training. Hopefully, as we gain staff, that might open up too, to have some morning lap swimming hours out there. John Nalbandian, board member. Um, Lori, are, um, you know, um, in the afternoon at four o'clock at the indoor facility, it's like packed with, you know, with the uh, with the teams and stuff. What are, where what are, what is their schedule going to be? Are they going to be at the outdoor pool now or what? Right now, I have swim teams scheduled um, at the outdoor pool. They. They've kind of rotated a little bit um, and done some give and take. So um, Monday through Friday, we have swim teams at the outdoor pool from uh, 6.30 to about 9. Um, it, but also then we still have swim teams at the indoor pool. If they're not the outdoor, they're at the indoor. Um, again, from 6.30 to 1. So... Uh, I believe Val Renault had a question uh, as well. Yeah, I just wanted to mention, if, if you haven't been near the pool, there's a new um, historical marker uh, about Lawrence's first integrated pool. So kudos to everyone on getting that done. Thank you for that, Val, uh, Bart Little John Chair. 
is uh, uh, Jess, uh, I'm sorry, Dirk 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 director of Parks Recreation. Um, uh, Jesse Milan is also on the, obviously on the uh, the marker and the efforts that gentleman did on um, to end uh, segregated swimming in Lawrence, Kansas, and was instrumental on us in '67 getting the bonds approved to move forward for the first uh, integrated swimming pool that actually opened in '69. Uh, but I have been working with uh, our um, diversity affairs uh, and equity uh, city representative, and uh, we're working on trying to get a date to do some kind of recognition of Jesse Milan and the process. Uh, we had some discussions today, we're just certainly on. This is John Nalbandian, board member. Um, just a little uh, sidebar here. Um, when the pool was quote unquote renovated uh, or rebuilt, what was it in the 90s? Because I was on the council then. And that was when we put in the zero depth entry. Um, and it served to be another um, stimulus for integration because the pool with the renovations became the best pool in town. <laughs> and so why would you go anywhere else? Plus what it did was it invited uh, parents with younger kids to, uh, to come use the zero depth entry with the teenagers who were using, you know, the rest of the pool. And it was like an, a new, a new phase of integration in Lawrence, I think. Thank you for that, John. That's, I did not realize that, but that's great to hear that, you know, that was instrumental in making that happen. Um, did, uh, and and thank you for that, Derek. Uh, we'll be looking out for that. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, does anybody else have any uh, further questions for uh, Parks and Rec staff regarding the pools? All right. Thank you guys for the update. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, I know everybody in this town has been itching to go ahead and go for a swim, especially now. All right, so that brings us to item number three, uh, naming policy. Uh, I believe Penny, or no, I'm probably not, probably not Penny, um, Roger. Thank you, John. Uh, Roger Steinbrock, marketing specialist for the department. Um, I guess at this point, um, we, we let everybody have kind of a month to review uh, the document that Brendan and Amber put together. And so I just wanted to get feedback and then we can talk about the process uh, that we have remaining for it. If anybody has any comments or questions that I guess Brendan and I know Brendan's gonna have to leave before too long, but uh, then we can answer for you guys.
Uh, this is Bart Littlejohn, uh, Chair of Parks and Rec. Um, this is, uh, is part, just uh, off the top, nothing has really changed since the, the, our last meeting, right? It's just a, uh, just a, time, or a time for review, correct? Correct. We, I, I didn't hear anybody with any comments to make modifications from the last meeting, um, so none were made. And so I, I'm just, you know, I didn't make any, and I don't know, Brendan, I think. Hey, Holler Management Analyst. I see both uh, board members, uh, Brendan Downey and Amber Nickel, are on the call. If there's any questions for the subcommittee. All right, I'm not seeing anybody with their hands up or any sort of indication. For a little John chair. Um, and just to uh, reaffirm, next step is to go ahead and bring it uh, before the city commission, correct? Well, yes and no. I'm going to have it go through legal uh, okay. before we get there. And there may be something in, from them that they may want to come back to you guys with. If there's any changes, um, I would bring it back to the board before we moved it to the city commission. But it is hoped that it would be the next step is to present it to the city commission. So with that, if there aren't any objections, uh, um, I would request that, you know, um, the board, you know, maybe looks at a recommendation of this policy for us to pursue with the city commission. Okay, I'll put it out there again. Uh, does anybody have any additions or any questions regarding the document before us? Jackie? I just want to thank our two newest board members for putting in this excellent work on the document that is very thorough and thoughtful and a lot of things I hadn't considered in naming a park and, and, and the work that you guys did. It was very nice. So uh, with that, I'd like to propose that we send the naming of the parks, recreational areas, and facilities off to legal, and if approved by legal, off to city commission for approval. All right, I think that is a motion. Do I have a second? I will second that motion. This is Amber Nickel, board member. Amber Nickel with the second. Any, any additional questions or comments? Not seeing any. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Roger. Yeah, I just wanna make sure that within the motion that it says that we recommend it to go before the city commission. So it's a recommendation to do so, just to make sure. Yes, I, 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 I thought Jackie said it. Okay, just wanna make sure for the minutes, yeah. thank you. Yeah, I thought, I thought she said she recommended it go before legal then the city commission. Um, okay, uh, all right, not seeing any. Uh, I will go ahead and do this by a roll call vote. All right, uh, Val Renault, yay or nay? Yay. All right, Pat Phillips, yay. Marilyn Hall, yay. John Nalbandian, yay. Brendan Downey, yay. And Amber Nickel, yay. John Blazett, 
Yay. Jackie Becker. Yay. All right. Bart Littlejohn. Yay. All right. Full slate. Thank you guys again for all of your hard work on this. We really appreciate it. And uh, it's very thorough. And uh, you guys have done a great job. All right. Our next item is, uh, I believe, uh, the Equity and Inclusion Subcommittee. Penny, could you give us a little bit further information on that? Penny Holler, Management Analyst. Um, I know everyone likes a PowerPoint, so I will go ahead and open this one. So the topic that uh, we're bringing to the board today is about the creation of an Equity and Inclusion Subcommittee. Why should we create a subcommittee? Um, when we sent out the survey um, to all of you at the beginning of this year, um, asking for items that you would like us to cover as staff, items you'd like the board to review and speak more about. Um, many of you mentioned um, a greater emphasis on uh, equity and inclusion. So that was already on the radar of the Parks and Rec Advisory Board. Um, it also aligns with the adoption of the city's new strategic plan. So this is the mission statement in the city's new strategic plan. We create a community where all enjoy life and feel at home. And with that mission statement was developed um, six commitment areas. Uh, commitment areas, it's, it's how we want the city to do things. So um, one of the six uh, strategic plan commitment areas is equity and inclusion. And there's uh, several parts to that, but um, really the way it's defined in the city's strategic plan is fair and impartial delivery of services so that no group is disadvantaged or burdened, along with having inclusive representation and participation for all. And then the strategic plan actually delves further into that and adds uh, more specifics um, and looks at inclusion and racial equity drive the culture of our organization and our community. When we intentionally prioritize race, it can no longer be used to predict life outcomes and outcomes are improved for all. We remove systemic barriers to reconcile historic injustices and their continued presence in our work. So I know this was something um, we were talking about earlier in regards to other topics um, as a board, but um, the community, um, the commission and staff, um, along with the advisory boards are really um, coming together um, around the items in the strategic plan, specifically um, the commitment to equity and inclusion. So what does that mean to the Parks and Recreation Advisory Board? Um, that's about advising the commission um, and the city commission will be looking through the lens of equity and inclusion um, as one of those six commitment areas. And if you want to know what the other five are, um, I have a feeling we will be bringing the advisory board um, more into the full strategic plan soon. Um, but again, this was something that uh, the advisory board members were already asking for earlier. So um, this is one um, we're going to bring forward to the board sooner. Um, and then also board meetings like this. Um, it allows board members to ask questions and provide feedback on agenda items that uh, more intentionally consider equity and inclusion goals. 
So the next steps for this subcommittee might look a little different than what you've seen in the past. Um, there's no specific deadline. Um, however, the goal is to bring back a plan to the full advisory board on what those next steps are. So part of the role of the advisory board equity and inclusion subcommittee will be to develop that plan. What are the next steps? Um, the very first next step will be to meet with Dr. Ferris Mohammed, um, who is the city's equity and inclusion director, um, to, to start charting out that, that path. Um, so really looking for um, maybe three volunteers from the board um, who can meet during the day, preferably, because that's when staff tends to be uh, more available. Um, there isn't a tight time frame, so think probably maybe July and August and um, see if that's enough time to come back to the full board. Um, I, I don't want to speak too much to what that plan could look like because um, I don't want to influence it too much. I really want this to be something um, that's very organic between the advisory board and staff um, to look at this and to come up with um, creative ideas on how we can um, focus on this area. So um, I'd like to uh, open it up for questions and discussion. And of course, I, I couldn't miss having uh, Lee in my last slide here. So uh, a little homage. Very well done, Ben. John? Uh, this is John, now the Indian board member. Um, I've been working on a, in a, a book chapter uh, at, which includes uh, issues of uh, diversity, equity, inclusion. And I've been in correspondence uh, with the, um, I believe it's the deputy manager, county manager in Arlington County in Virginia, which you know is very big. And uh, what she said on this topic is she said that their county commission had come up with a series of five questions to be asked before they adopt an initiative. And the five questions all had to do with issues of equity. And what I will do is I think those are worth um, at least uh, bringing to uh, the advisory board's attention. So I'll forward those to uh, to Penny so she can distribute them. Thank you for that, John. I appreciate it. part little John chair. Um, uh, I guess we should start with, uh, and should open it up. Who would like to be a part of this uh, subcommittee? I, I want to raise my hand. I want to be the first one. So, but uh, all right, now that's done. Oh, I saw a Jackie. Anybody else? Am I missing? I'm trying to scroll through. I am interested, in, um, but it would just have to be on a day that I don't work. I mean, that's my limitation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Penny Hall, Management Analyst. So, yeah, so far I see uh, Pat Phillips, Bart Little, John, and Jackie Becker. Um, 
Were there any additional? I think honestly, three is a is a good number. However, if there are um, additional board members who um, want to participate, I, I'd like to um, at least have the maximum amount of participation possible. And then, if you need to arm wrestle Bart, we can work on that later. Oh, oh, oh. when did this get physical? Come on. <laughs> This is Val Renault, board member. I'm also interested, um, but with I'm, we're having our first grandchild in late July, located in Philadelphia. So I'm going to be in and out of town this summer. So, but if there are some of the meetings I can make, I'd like to come. Awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, welcome aboard, Val. Uh, and congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Penny Hollow graduate analyst. Um, I also just want to point out that um, th the point of the subcommittee is to bring this back to the full board. So um, for, for those who um, aren't able to participate in the subcommittee, um, there certainly is um, the opportunity for you to participate in this really important conversation. Um, so the, the goal is that the subcommittee just kicks it off, looks at what other cities are doing, um, helps take a look at uh, National Parks and Rec Associations and the Kansas Park and Rec Association and, you know, really just, just see what, what, what is the city doing in other departments and other areas. So this is really collecting the information and, and saying, hey, what, what do we think um, we want to pursue? So, Amber Nickel, board member. I find this very interesting as well, but I also appreciate, um, you know, I don't need to participate in the subcommittee if it's all coming back to the, but I'll just say I'm available potentially if you need somebody. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Amber. Uh, we appreciate that. You're added to the list. And Penny, I, I appreciate you mentioning that we are not trying to exclude people from the equity subcommittee. I think that would be <laughs> pretty. Uh, <laughs> that would be. <laughs> Penny Hall and Randrellis, I withdraw the arm wrestling. Um, all are, are open to participate. Um, I certainly wouldn't uh, beat a bar in a competition. So yes, very, very inclusive subcommittee for our equity and inclusion. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I don't know. I wouldn't sell yourself short. Uh, I might look stout, but you know, I don't know if I, I have the same determination you have, so. Um, but uh, thank you guys. Uh, okay. Um, if nobody has any further comments, I'll go ahead and move us on to the next item. Uh, looks like we are at concerns and, of the board and the members, or I'm sorry, I, concerns of board members and items of interest. Um, I will actually go ahead and kick this one off. Um, Penny, I, did you send out the CIP information to all of us? Penny Hall, manager analyst. Um, the CIP was presented at the um, last city commission board meeting. Um, uh, Assistant Director Mark Hecker can provide us with a, a little uh, further details on that. I was actually planning to do that as part of my staff report, but we can go now. Mark Hecker, Assistant Director of Parks and Rec. Let's, uh, let me share my screen here. Are we seeing that? 
So this is just a summary screen of, of where we're landing on the CIP right now. So the, the proposed CIP from the finance department went to the city commission last Tuesday. Um, and that basically they defined funding with a lot of the projects we proposed as well as all the other ones in the city. So looking at year by year, I really am very happy with where we landed. So if you look at projects here, these are 22 projects we proposed. These are the funding sources. So we really only had one that was unfunded and it was a fiber project to get to one of our shops. But we have our traditional playground maintenance projects, our parking lot maintenance projects. We added a court maintenance project, which is kind of an ongoing issue now where a lot of our courts are starting to show some pretty significant wear. Uh, we had a, a project in for the infields at um, Holcomb Sports Complex. Oak Hill was a new project. So again, we're trying to put a little attention to historic preservation in Oak Hill now that we're a historic property. Um, Broken Arrow has been on the project list for a while. So that's increasing the, or replacing the restroom and uh, updating the shelter. Youth Sports, we're looking at adult or ADA transitions. Water Tower Park was a current event. So with the Water Tower moving, we needed to improve the park. Uh, De Victor Park was a new project. There's a couple of missing uh, spots out there. So we'd like to, to fix that up. Eisenhower Park is the park property behind the uh, police facility. So this starts to develop that park, which is way past due if you look at that neighborhood and how it's developed. Um, Spray Park um, at Lions Park. Uh, we also got approval the Tuesday night to do the Spray Park at Burroughs, which I can show you a picture of that too. And that's this year. So our series is we'll do one this year at Burroughs, one next year at Lyons, and then we switch to South Park and then West Lawrence. So uh, Dog Park, we put in $175,000 to kind of upgrade restroom parking out there. And then this is the next step of the Lawrence Loop. So this is Michigan to Sanders Shaw. So we have two, two sections going this year. We're going from um, 11th Street to 8th Street through Hobbs Park, that'll happen at bids close in June, late June. And then the other section is Peterson Road to Michigan Street up on the north side. So that one will be moving along. So that's 22, which is the year we're most concerned about because we always get to reshuffle this deck every year. Um, as we went into 23, again, some of the same um, maintenance programs are in place. We put a Carnegie project in, we have a truck replacement. Uh, we're hitting a little bit on the outdoor pool, and you'll see later that we have a more significant renovation. Uh, water spray parks, so there's, um, that one's actually West Lawrence, not Lyons. But, you know, I honestly am very happy with where we're at right now. Now, so this was just first view with the commission, so they get an opportunity to come back and go, hey, I'd like to move that here or, or change this. So we know too that we're probably going to have to cut about six hundred fifty thousand dollars out of our budget. So one of these projects in twenty two may get cut by us, not by a city commission, uh, just to get to the funding number we're looking for. But um, very impressed. So twenty four, we just keep rolling. I don't know if there's any specific things you had interest or concern about, or I can go through all these if you'd like. Uh, Bart Little John Chair. On my part, not specifically. I just, I just was wondering if you could give us a review. Um, does anybody else have any further questions for Mark on the CIP? Uh, Val. 
Sorry, I couldn't find my unmute. Uh, I thought I'd just bring it up here. I uh, heard a complaint from someone about the birch shelter. First, she wanted to know why the old one but those sails, those sail-like coverings provide shade, but they don't protect from the rain. And is that the way all of our uh, shelters will be in the future? And she wondered if that was to keep homeless people from sleeping there, which I don't know. So, Mark Hecker, assistant director, that, that shade structure is a new brand that we've never used before. So the idea, and, and this is used in a lot of more recent park developments, um, basically provides shade that isn't designed to be a waterproof structure. So if you think about most park events, they're not really happening in the rain usually. So we weren't as concerned with waterproof, but we were providing shade and color. So I, I think that's probably gonna be our most popular shelter or slash gathering spot as soon as we get it done. So I'm hoping to have it done in the next couple of weeks. So is, is that, this is Val Renault board member, is that the trend then for new shelters? Or they'll, because like Centennial has that enormous covered, you know, shelter as well. Um, will those eventually be replaced by just shade covers and not rain covers? Mark Hector, assistant director. Not necessarily. I think that the variety is good. If you if you look at a lot of the bigger cities, their their parkways or plazas downtown have these shade structures. So we're kind of modeling a little bit after that. A lot of aquatic facilities have shade structures instead of a, a physical roof. So it's uh, it lends itself to a lot more color and and you can actually provide more shade with the angles of those of sails. This is Marilyn Hull, board member. I, I may have missed it, Mark, but um, have you included funding for designing and planning the downtown section of the Lawrence Loop? Uh, Mark Ecker, assistant director. Yes, we put, let me find it here. We moved it back. So we put $1.4 million in for the downtown section with unknown what we're building. Um, so th that's this one right here in 2025. So we moved it back a year because we didn't really feel like we had a great plan for it. So basically sequencing in, we're trying to get the, the 8th to 7th Street in first before we do this one. So that would give the loop over to the Santa Fe Depot. And from Santa Fe Depot, we'll head through downtown to try to connect over to, to the river over there. Right, this is Marilyn Hulligan. I understand that, but from what I see here, it looks like you have funds budgeted to actually build the trail. And it's my understanding that because that section is potentially complex, there may need to be um, a significant amount of planning and design engineering work ahead of the construction. And I just wondered how you were um, accounting for that. Mark Hecker, assistant director. So all these projects have kind of had a design component in with the, the grant application. So in this one, we haven't proposed anything. So we'll propose part of this as, as a design part. So the ones we're doing more recently, um, this piece, so that includes the design in with the infrastructure. So 
MSO is leading this bandwagon a little bit, and we're just kind of trying to kind of lock the softballs up to them and then let them go after the grants and do the engineering work. So I'm working a lot with Jake Baldwin at, at MSO to kind of line these up and keep them moving through the process. This is Marilyn Hull, um, member again, different question. I think in the past year or two, you guys have given us a look at your proposed CIP before it went to the city manager, I think. Um, and it appears that that wasn't done this year. I was just wondering why. Mark Hecker, assistant director. I think we, we touched on it. Oh, it's been two or three months ago. Uh, kind of a similar list where we ran through this list and said, here's what we're thinking. So it's been since February when we submitted this. So um, I think you saw this, but it's been a long time ago. Okay. Thanks. Uh, this is Bart Littlejohn, Chair. Uh, yeah, I, I thank you for mentioning that, Mark. It kind of jogs the memory in the back of my head as well. So um, does anybody else have any uh, further questions regarding the CIP? Penny Holler, Management Analyst. Um, this might also be a good time, uh, Mark, if you want to fill us in on the Burroughs Creek splash pad that just went to the city commission and um, how the price on that changed from estimates to actual. Yeah, Mark Hecker, Assistant Director of Parks and Rec. Yeah, I was trying to find a picture of it just for, for fun. But um, basically, when we did the RFP for this project and we, when we initially designed the project, we were looking at a $200,000 price tag. As we went through design build firms, we basically decided that and through their input that $200,000 would get you a splash pad that was um, basically a waste system. So you would put the water in, spray it out, and go down the sewer. So to get what we think the, the city commission wanted was a, a recirculating system that used much less water is another $172,000. So when we went to the city commission, we, we requested a funding switch that would allow us to, to increase that project from 200 to 372,000 that a recirculating system in. We estimate we'll use about 5,000 gallons of water a year versus the 16 million that we're gonna use with the waste system. So it'll be more maintenance, but you know, as far as a water savings tool, we think it's probably the way to go in the future. Consequently, we went in with all the other future spray parks and added money to those so that you know, if what we've learned is we need to put a little more money into it. Thank you for that addendum there, Mark, uh, Mark Old John Chair. I was just about to ask that. It did affect future budget items regarding those that type of uh, uh, spray park. So, Mark Ecker, assistant director. One note I might make through the the commission meeting: we had a number of folks come and speak about the skate park at Centennial. So on our list, the skate park is in 2026 and unfunded. So there was a pretty good group of folks that kind of spoke up saying that something needs to be done and <laughs> needs to reconsider. So. We'll see how that plays out if, if we get directed to go move it back into the CIP as a funded project or not. And the reason some of these are unfunded is that basically we have a scoring system 
So you go so far down and you put a cut line and that's where the funding stops. So that one didn't really score very high with a lot of the strategic goals we're, we're talking about. So it's still a good project. It just fell below the line of funding. So I, I don't know if we'll move it back up or move it to a different year or if we'll leave Bert's at. Bart uh, Little John, uh, Chair Parts and Rec. Uh, Mark, how old is that skate park? Uh, Mark Hecker, System Director. So it's gone through various stages of renovation. Um, back in 1998, the, the park was scheduled for complete demolition. We were building a rec center there. So that was kind of when I started here. After that, we decided the rec center wasn't going at Centennial Park. And so we started renovating that into a tennis court, basically into a skate park. And those were ramps that were put on top of an asphalt surface. So that was 2000, I think it was 2011, somewhere in there. We did a fairly significant renovation of that, where we did that kind of a third of the, the total park. Um, what the group is asking is to complete the other half or two thirds um, the, that's on the east side of the park. We're going to do a $40,000 um, start on that this year. So we're taking that out of our operations budget. But really, it's probably a $200,000 project if we really want to do it right. Bart, this is John Blasek, board member. Mark, I just want to reiterate, and I've said it to you before, between you and Lee and Derek, I've watched these now, I call them strategic planning, for four or five years. You guys do an incredible job looking down the road. And I just really compliment you on the money and the process. Uh, I do not feel, and I want to make sure it's very clear, it's not our committees to look over your shoulders to what you do, to what you take to the city commission. That's why you guys are educated with master's degrees and recreational degrees, and you know the process and the steps. But I've watched it really clear for five years, and you guys do a great job for uh, strategic planning. Thanks, John. All right. Uh, does anybody have any questions? Uh, thank you for those comments, John. Uh, does anybody else have any further questions regarding the CIP? Okay, I will open it back up for other items of interest from the board. Any additional ones? John? This is John Nelbandian. Um, I just I want to uh, share an experience that I had the other day. I was on my bike and I um, was meandering around and I uh, ended up in East Lawrence and um, I was near the, um, the East Lawrence Recreation Center. So I decided to go in because I hadn't been in in ages. And I was so surprised at all the kids that were in there for a camp and it was so energizing just to see all those kids in there and people running around. And, and then uh, it just, it was very uplifting. And uh, so um, uh, kudos to you guys. And then I, I, since I don't get over there much, I was just riding through, what is it, Edge Hill Park or Edge Brook Park? Or I didn't even, I didn't even know that it existed over there. Frisbee, you know, the Frisbee this and that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I 
I've been living here for quite a while. I obviously don't get around that much, but great. It was really neat. Enjoyed it. Thank you for those words, John. Appreciate it. Does anybody else have a bow? This is just uh, kind of a plug for, I think a lot of you have seen these posters that um, Parks and Rec didn't sponsor them, but they're about our parks. And anyway, there there's a set of 11. There's the Mutt Run. And they're just delightful. And if, if you still want to buy them, uh, I think it's Sunflower Publishing that... I noticed that Marilyn had one and that uh, Brandy Shoemaker last month, that they were all along the wall. And they're just really nice posters. So if anyone wants to, it raises awareness of the parks, even if it doesn't benefit them financially. So. And I sent that link to Penny if anyone wants. Cool. John Blazik. Yeah. I, I want to compliment Eagle Ben golf course. I'm out there often. And I don't know if you didn't read the excerpt in the minutes, the numbers of golfers that are using the golf course is unbelievable. So compliments to Greg and Ryan and Lee for just what they've done out there to that golf course. And, and um, I'm drawing a blank Lee on the superintendent. I'm just sitting here. Um, yeah. Yep. That'd be Darren Pearson and, and Heath actually is the, the one that oversees it. And yeah. Darren oversees Heath him. Done a great job. I mean, that's a really positive facility for our community. Thanks, Bart. Thanks, John. Uh, do you have any further uh, items, items of interest from the board? All right. If not, I will move us on to staff updates. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think we've kind of gone over most of the staff update or probably the missing things. <laughs> uh, I'll let you guys go ahead and take over Derek and Penny. You want to do fourth July? Sure. Derek Rogers, Parks Recreation. I'm, I'm really excited to talk about fourth of July this year. So. Um, we're thinking about all the things we missed out on in 2020 and what we didn't get to do and uh, talking to the JCs and um, some of the people that support that endeavor and they were concerned about, you know, they're going to be able to get sponsorship and donations. So for Parks and Recreation on behalf of the City of Lawrence, we said, okay, we'll, we'll put money into the game uh, for fireworks and we went to LMH um, was also celebrating their 100th anniversary and asked for a match and they said they would do it. Um, so that got the, the ball game started. Uh, the JCs were thinking, wow, we're going to get a lot of money because initially I went in for $7,000 from everybody. And the JCs went, whoa, 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 whoa. The maximum we could shoot is about $15,000. Uh, JC has been around for at least 59 years in the city of Lawrence and some of them, I think, have to work the next day. And they said, here's our show. Here's what we do. Um, so on behalf of that, um, the thought was, in a perfect world, we'd love to get it back to where it was many years ago. And that was at the KU Stadium before everybody knew that fireworks were dangerous. So KU recently said no to that idea. 
So the next choice was, can we get it up by the lead center? I think we can get the fallout far enough away. And they pointed out some obstacles that are near there. No. But after uh, much discussion, we were able to get Shank Sports Complex at 23rd and Iowa um, for the location to shoot fireworks. So I think this year is going to be really cool. It should be visible, clear to bald one. Um, I'm thinking there's going to be activated spaces down 23rd Street from Louisiana and clear down from West Coast Saloon out to uh, Walmart. I think people will be in, uh, very ingenuitive on finding locations to watch fireworks this year. So we have a partner of KU. Uh, I talked to Derek Kwan at the Lead Center, and he was jumping up and down and said, yes, we'd love to volunteer and uh, support the effort. So they're in, and we'll have parking up there for the, uh, the folks that would like to go up there, and he's going to open up his uh, building for the restrooms. I went to the Douglas County commission and they're all in so there's another partner and the last partner is Lawrence Douglas County Public Health um, they want to be in their next board meetings on June 21st so we'll have five partners I, I don't see how Douglas County Public Health won't jump in it's almost a unified command idea of celebrating so much more than just Independence Day a celebration of Freedom from, from mass, we get a few more freedoms in here. I'm going to let Roger go a little further. Um, he hasn't announced what the possible naming is. I don't know if he's quite ready to do that. Now he's giving me the shake. <laughs> <laughs> but we're trying to come up with a unique name for all this and go through the red tape. But I, I'm excited for something really cool for the community this year. Well, that, that sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it sounds like it's direly needed, uh, especially after the year we all had this past year. Does anybody else have any questions or comments, Derek, regarding the 4th of July celebration? All right, I'm not seeing any, uh, but yeah, that, that sounds awesome, guys. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep our eyes and ears open for it. So, um, do you guys have anything else uh, regarding staff update? Mark Hecker, assistant director. I did find the pictures for this flash pad. You want to see them? Let me give you a little overhead view. So this will locate just north of the parking lot over there at uh, Burroughs Creek. So it'll be right next to the uh, shelter, between the shelter and the restroom. That's the mail, so they provide great pictures. Thank you for that, Mark. All right. All right, uh, Derek and Penny, do we have any anything else for the staff update you want to go ahead and let us know about? Uh, Derek Rogers, uh, Director of Parks and Recreation. Um, it's been a community city 
effort on park lights and that conversation continues with the city commission and staff. Um, we play in the area with parklets. Um, I think we'll be more involved, but I think the last ask from the commission is probably going to be more of a city um, a city effort to come up with a good communication engagement plan, not only with the business owners, but the public and the community on what's the way forward with parklets. Um, I'm more to follow. We're not quite there yet, but we are looking at the strategic plan. I'd encourage you to keep your eyes on that and I'm a stakeholder and some of the things going forward. Roger. Roger. Yeah, I just want to, Roger Steinbrock, marketing specialist. Um, John had mentioned Edgewood Park and the skateboarding and things that are going over there. Uh, I just, I mean, that's kind of a partnership that Derek can speak more to uh, as well, but you know, working with the the skateboard community uh, really has helped develop that that area quite a bit. Um, this is the group that had uh, built in an area that wasn't designated for skateboarding. It was kind of a DIY type thing, and uh, Derek allowed them to kind of do that in the space that's there. Um, and it's been a great partnership, um, I believe, anyway and is really engaged. Uh, they're, they're really reaching out to the younger kids as well. Um, and I, I just think it's a great partnership uh, that I've seen develop over the years as well. Thanks. Uh, Derek Rogers, Director of Parks Recreation. And one thing I have note, I, we have vandalism that happens all over our parks and throughout our community. And um, the Lawrence Skate Association, uh, you know, we talked to them about what it costs and how much time it takes to remove graffiti. And um, when graffiti is removed and painted over, it really slows down the uh, skate wheels and roller skates and everything else. So nobody's happy when we do it, and we're not happy with graffiti. And um, so the LSA community, the skating community, went out on social media and pretty much said, please stop graffiti in our park, and this is why. I think it was a pretty successful campaign and we really appreciate uh, that organization going out and helping us keep our parks clean. One other item of note, Mark Hecker, System Director. We're working currently working with two different neighborhoods uh, dealing with overnight camping in the parks. So Naismith Valley Park, we're having a fairly significant number of neighborhood complaints on camping down there. Uh, we'll be working on park cleanup here this, probably this next week and possibly trying to talk with the folks that are camping down there about maybe moving to a different location. And then over at uh, Brook Creek Park, same situation in the wooded area there. We're going to try to come up with a plan to maybe activate some of those parks to uh, uses that we prefer as opposed to the uses that are there now. So um, it's an ongoing issue. It seems, you know, we just kind of keep moving it around. But um, Naismith Valley has become pretty significant in the number of campsites there and the amount of debris that's accumulated in the park and neighbors are complaining about late night activities in the park. So we're working with the police and fire department and Burt Nash to kind of see if we can come up with some type of solution there. Uh, Bart Littlejohn, uh, chair, a follow-up question for that. It's a, uh, I know that you, you guys get the majority of the questions. Should those just be, because 
I was uh, walking my son in constant and I heard an argument between some folks that were camping. And I was just wondering if I was wondering, maybe other people were wondering uh, who should any sort of, because I didn't necessarily want to get the police involved, but I thought somebody should, you know, be involved. Uh, would it go to Bert Nash and would they have a number or would it be like you guys or should it just go to the LPD? Mark Eckers. Go ahead there. Uh, Derek Rogers, director of Parks Recreation. I, the advice I usually tell the public is if it's an emergency, dial 911. If it's something that you're concerned with, maybe not an emergency, call the uh, Lawrence Police Department dispatch number. Um, if it's a fire, we've worked out with the fire department that fire is only permitted in uh, designated fire rings and in barbecue grills. Our only barbecue grills are located with our shelters, so there isn't any place there should be this time of year a fire in a park. Um, we haven't issued that. Um, and then if all else fails, besides people contacting their elected officials, Mike, I would encourage people to contact me in Parks Recreation if it's something going on with the neighborhood and we'll uh, work internally. Uh, Mark, any other thoughts? No, I, I think you hit what I was going to talk about. It just depends on severity. So, you know, some of the folks around Naismith Valley are having late night disturbances to the neighborhood that they are going directly to police. Others are just concerned about debris. So those often come to us. But if you see fires, fire departments. So it's just kind of depends on the situation. This is Amber Nickel, board member. Uh, where is Naismith Valley? Uh, Mark Ecker, assistant director. So Dylan's on 23rd Street. Um, it's kind of just behind Dylan's. So it goes basically from 23rd over to Missouri Street on the other end. There's a tra really nice trail down through that park. And honestly, if you walk the trail, you don't see any of this activity. It's behind more on the residential sides, both sides of that. The, problem in that particular park is we have residential on both sides of that park. So any activity in that park at night is, is seen or heard from the neighbors. So that park particularly is very difficult to, to patrol and get into and see what's going on. The park goes all the way over to Menards. So it backs up to Menards on the other end. Thank you guys for that update. Um, and thank you guys for the, uh, the follow-up. Uh, Lee? Yeah, uh, Lee, I'm Assistant Director of Parks and Recreation. I know it's in the staff report, so I just want to kind of touch on something Roger's been doing with the, the park cleanup and the alleys and some of the relationships that he's built with the KU football team. I don't know if you've followed the social media that he's put together. It's been pretty cool to see that, that number of big athletes, I guess, big people walking the alleys, helping to clean up downtown. They've been very involved with our uh, playground program over here at South Park. He's put together some videos on that. And it's, it's really kind of neat, the relationship that he's begun to build with, with the new football staff and, and what they're willing to do within the community and be a part of. So it's going to be kind of interesting, kind of fun to follow going forward. So thanks, Roger. Yeah, thanks, Roger. Uh, thank you for adding that, Lee. And uh, Roger, thank you for organizing that. Also, you should probably let them know that 
we have a champion arm wrestler on site in Penny, so they might want to watch their backs. <laughs> All right. Um, so, okay. Uh, I, think, uh, I think our next item, if nobody has anything else, is... Uh, Bart, I will just ahead, add to uh, Roger uh, marketing specialist, not to belabor the meeting more, but we do have a lot of volunteers as well uh, that do assist in cleanups of parks and planting flowers and everything. And uh, I know that like our Target store here in town, there's a group of 15 to 20 people that they've done uh, some cleanup and they're already signed up to do another one uh, coming up in June. So there's a lot of organizations out there that do reach out and we do have a lot of people cleaning up parks. But that, that football team thing, they cleaned up uh, in probably a matter of an hour, that whole um, mass, both front and back behind the areas. They did a tremendous job in a quick time. But that was really their first organized uh, volunteer effort for, to kick off the season with all their new new folks and everything, too. So it was, it was a good, good thing. And, you know, as Lee said, the relationship is just starting. So uh, I, I, I was over there and to have a little boy's birthday uh, as part of the playground program and having all his fellow playmates uh, sing happy birthday along with the football team and coaches that were there. I'm sure it's one that he'll always remember. So that was kind of a neat deal. And uh, the KU uh, football, if you follow them on social media, both Twitter and Facebook, they did put up pictures and also video themselves. I threw something together really quick on my iPhone. Uh, it was kind of a trailer that didn't take very long. So if you do look at that as well, it's just a fun little 30 second spot or a minute spot, I think it was. So anyway. Thank you for that, Roger. And hopefully we can continue that relationship. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Uh, Amber Nickel, board member, I just want to say that I was downtown and I saw, I mean, you can't help but notice a football team worth of big guys doing stuff to help the city. And so it was just, it was heartwarming. Thank you for that as well, Amber. I'm, I'm sure it's, uh, that must've been quite a sight and especially for that little boy to have them uh, go ahead and participate in his uh, event there. It was probably once in a lifetime. Um, all right. Uh, if we don't have any further information for the staff update uh, looking around all right our next calendar meeting is monday july 12th it'll be our first meeting without uh lee ice so we'll try to struggle along um but uh uh derek and penny if you could uh if you could go ahead and resend that information out to everybody regarding Lee's retirement uh that'd be great um but uh lee we will miss you. And with that, I will entertain a motion to adjourn. Pat and Val. Okay. I move we adjourn. Okay. Val with the motion. I'm, I'm taking uh, Pat with the second. Yeah, Pat Phillips, board member. I second that. All right. Uh, I, I assume I would assume no uh, no additional comments or questions. 
Uh, it'll just be a simple aye or nay vote. All those in favor of adjourning, please say aye. Aye. Okay. Any opposed? Aye. Not seeing any. We are adjourned. All right. Thank you, folks. Bye. Appreciate you. Appreciate we you. Enjoy your time. Thank you.